Okay. Talk to you later. Bye, my love. Yeah, the little woman. You. How long have you been married? Have you got a little woman in your life? I do. Oh, you're a lucky man. Isn't it great? It's great. You have someone to call to tell me you're going to be late. <laughs> How long have you been married? 40 years. <laughs> I'm not allowed to go to Las Vegas on my own. Were you ever? Oh, yeah. I had a few good years. When did she catch you do something? Yeah, the problem was Dan Bover. Gave me all these bad, <laughs> all these bad <laughs> habits. Bover's a bad guy. Corrupted me. You are listening to Proudly Resents, the cult movie podcast. Hey, it's Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. This is Adam Spiegelman. The other voice you heard was Lloyd Kaufman, co-founder, co-president, big honcho director. Troma Films, they made so many great films. Just ask them. Lloyd is an interesting character. If you're interested in Troma, you'll love it. If you never heard of Troma, you'll love it because he's just a kook and fun, and fun, fun to talk to. So here we are. I just told him I was going to go back to L.A., to work on the Arsenio Hall show and in classic Lloyd fashion pitches himself and then tells this great story about this movie that came out in the 80s that they distributed. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe it's time to have a 40 year, it's 40th year of trauma interview on Arsenio. Plus, we made a movie with, uh, not that I feel Arsenio is going to be interested just because he's a black man, uh-huh. but uh, we did make a movie with all black people. Samuel Jackson's first movie is uh, Death by Temptation, which we financed. And I shot the last uh, climatic scene, uh, which uh, was... Sup- going to be uh, originally the camera guy got another job who uh, god damn it I can't remember his name is it Paris Barkway it's the guy who did who ended up who who directed juice and uh-huh. uh, oh jesus he's a good guy I'm very friendly with him he's a wonderful guy I just cannot remember his damn name was his anyway. first movie uh this was DP good night maria have a nice weekend what was the point of, how did you want to end up with death by temptation uh, they ran out of money, and uh, nobody would help them out. Uh, this was before Boys from the Hood, and uh, before uh, the um, and it was it was not a stereotypical black movie. It could have been white or green or brown. It was funny and scary, and uh, uh, you know it was it was totally uh, you know not people running around with their, you know, uh, with the st- it was not the, yeah. you know, Uncle Tom shit that's on the air now. Right. And what, what did you see in that film that you're like, oh, this could be something we should invest in? Uh, humor. Humor and, and horror mixed together. Yeah. And it had sort of a, it was a vampirish uh, thing, mm-hmm. but it had um, kind of an AIDS uh, symbol. Kind of, this was in 1989, so the AIDS thing was still pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And it uh, kind of dealt with, you know, on a, on a sort of a subtle uh, basis, the vampire thing kind of, you know, got you thinking about this horrible disease that Ronald Reagan had swept under the carpet, or, or worse, had suggested was God's will on, uh, on uh, homosexuals. So it felt like an important film to make? Or- well, we like comedy, and we enjoy mixing the genres, and uh, James Bond III had written this uh, wonderful... And they had, they had uh, you know, it was a talented bunch of people. 
And um, it did very well theatrically. What's interesting about that is it did, you know, we distribute and it was quite successful theatrically. But when we took it to the video stores, this was before uh, Boys from the Hood and the video stores were in large part scared of black people that if they came in this store, they would automatically trash the place or burn it. So we had tremendous problems getting Death by Temptation into that. Nowadays, that sounds like a joke, but this was how it was in the video business back in the days of, uh, uh, earlier days of, eight, of 89, 90, 91. So they were afraid that as this movie appeals to black people, it'll bring black people in. Into the store, yeah. And they yeah. were worried that we couldn't, we couldn't get it into video stores, even though our little distribution on the uh, theatrical side was pretty successful. And it got pretty decent reviews. And it's a totally benign, kind of funny, scary, basically modern-day vampire movie. But not, they're not vampires. It has nothing to do with vampires. Right. What, so, yeah, I'd love to talk about the video, because you guys kind of pioneered that. Well, they... The Toxic Avenger was a, a seminal movie in the world of video because it proved that the horror film, it, I think it was the first kind of horror-type movie, although Toxic Avenger is satire, it's not horror, uh, but it was the first uh, uh, movie of that nature, uh, so we believe or are told, that it really showed that video cassette was more than just uh, a market for... Um, uh, was was more than just appealing to the uh, self-improvement market or the Jane Fonda market or the Michael Jackson thriller market, that in fact movies themselves could be very successful on videotape. And, well, you guys and, were the first. Well, it wasn't us. It was uh, we, uh, Vestron released it. There was uh -huh. a, an independent uh, company which was huge at one point uh, called Vestron, and they ended. They actually started making movies. Originally, they distributed on video cassette, and Toxic Avenger was was huge. Uh, and the, you know, they experimented, and it was a giant uh, mammoth uh, success. What did you think would happen to Toxic Avenger when you made it? Well, I believe that it, that any time Michael Hers and I make a movie, I am always convinced that this is a you know a masterpiece, and that this is great auteur cinema, and that. Uh, but because we're small and we're in the underground, the dream uh, seldom occurs. And uh, so I am not at all surprised that the Toxic Avenger has become kind of iconic and uh, is a part of the American lexicon, uh, as the New York Times, uh, somebody said. Uh, I'm not, I don't mean to be arrogant, but I, I'm not surprised at all. And in a fair world, the Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead would have been... Uh, much more um, successful in a fair world. You can ask a lot of people like Tarantino or Peter Jackson or Mark Neveldine or James Gunn. If it was a fair level playing field, uh, Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead should have been a huge, huge, huge success. What do you think success. went wrong? What went wrong is that the uh, entertainment industry has... Uh, become very consolidated. The, uh, the rules that used to protect the public against monopoly have been done away with. The consent decree of 1948 was destroyed during the Reagan administration so that now the uh, big media conglomerates are permitted to own or control the movie theaters, which they do. And then uh, under Clinton's watch, the uh, financial syndication rule disappeared, which prevented the vertical integration of the television industry, and also there were rules which required the networks to acquire a certain amount, 30 or 40 percent of their uh, uh, content, as they refer to it, was supposed to be coming from independent sources. That rule was done away with, and uh, 
if you check your um, the countryside, you will find very few independent movie studios that are more than a few years old. Troma Entertainment is going into its 40th year, and that is like a Babe Ruth times 10. And it's not the fault of the independent filmmaking community uh, that so many independent movie studios uh, die. It's the fault of the system, which unfortunately is owned by uh, Rupert Murdoch and Sony and two or three other giant uh, devil-worshipping international media conglomerates. Boy, am I boring. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, just, no. You're boring yourself and not I'm me. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're falling asleep. I'm, I'm fine. supposed to be uh, lively and amusing. No, no, no. You don't need the whole oh, stick. Well, I would love to, no, I'd love to talk to you about the film stuff. What do you have to do to survive? What have you changed? Well, Troma's, you... Net, uh, Troma's plan from the beginning was to make movies on a modest budget, to put something commercial in every movie. Uh, a gun, for example. Put a gun somewhere on screen. Even if you're making a movie about a, a family of raccoons, give the mother raccoon a gun and Americans, somebody's going to watch and buy a ticket. Mm. Put a monster in a movie. There are people who buy tickets to every monster movie. Put a naked man in a movie. I'll buy a ticket to that. <laughs> but if you make a romantic comedy, mm -hmm. it is very possible that nobody will buy a ticket unless you have, uh, uh, you know, Gia in it or whatever, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. John Voight's little girl in it. Uh -huh. uh, you know, in other words, unless you have stars in, in that kind of a film, you, you may drop dead. You may have zero, but you put a, you put a zombie in a movie and someone will buy a ticket, assuming it's decent. Right. And our movies are pretty damn entertaining. Yeah. So low budget, put something, so have some kind of commercial element and then make the most imaginative, true to thyself movie that you can make. Be true to your heart, to thine own self be true, basically has been, uh, that's a maxim uh, developed by one William Shakespeare, who, by the way, I think wrote that great best-selling book, 101 Money-Making Screenplay Ideas, uh, otherwise known as Hamlet. Uh, right. I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember my history, but I think it was Shakespeare. any rate, uh, you do that, and then uh, you, you last for 40 years and develop a fan base. And Troma is the classic cult movie studio with movies like Squeeze Play, Stuck on You, The Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High, Surf Nazis Must Die, Cannibal the Musical, Terror Firmer, and most recently, The Return to Newcomb High, Volumes 1 and soon Volume 2. With those kinds of movies, we've developed a worldwide fan base, a cult following. That's the classic cult following. So that Troma itself has kind of a brand name appeal. It does have brand name appeal, not huge, a uh, rather small slice of the uh, entertainment-consuming uh, public, but uh, a very loyal uh, fan base and uh, one that uh, works very hard to find our movies because we are economically blacklisted. How's Cannibal that? the Musical, Cannibal the Musical, Toxic Avenger Part 4, Citizen Toxie, both uh, sold uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, VHS and DVDs. Trey Parker's first movie, Cannibal the Musical, the Toxic Avengers fourth movie, they're both well-known. Trey Parker and Matt Stone went on to do South Park. The Toxic Avenger went on to uh, cartoons and toys and How did you uh, feel remake. And, uh, well, the point is they've never been on TV of any oh. sort, not even crappy Skinamax. Uh -huh. They've never been on anything. That's called economic blacklisting because Trey Parker and Matt Stone on Comedy Central would be a no-brainer. That's a, a network that has ratings you need an atomic microscope to find. And to put Trey Parker and Matt Stone... The most successful assets to give to put a movie made by them, which is damn good, put it on Comedy Central, you'd get ratings through the roof. But for some reason, mainly because Troma, oh, 
owns it, um, we're excluded. Same with Citizen Toxie. Sold half a million uh, units, as they call it. Of uh, Unit to me is penis, but apparently in the <laughs> world of the movies, it's content, product, and units. And uh, 500,000 units, yet Citizen Toxie... The other Toxic Avengers have been on television, but the rules, as I say, have changed, and the the major mega conglomerate cartel gets away with uh, controlling the uh, the gate, the gatekeepers. They control it, and it is impossible for the independent artist to penetrate the hymen of the mainstream without getting fucked uh, himself or what, herself what do you or think, itself. What do you think they're trying to fuck you? Why don't they want you on it's competition. Team. they got to get up in the morning. They want to own everything. Vertically integrated industry. That's what they've got. They've been, they've been able to lobby in Washington, get the rules changed, so now they can own the movie theaters, the magazines, the, the actual Broadway theaters. Uh, the, uh, they own everything. They own all the assets of entertainment, except they don't own the Internet. And thanks to the Internet, Troma can uh, continue to uh, communicate with our fans. We can uh, continue to make our fans aware of the few uh, theaters that are still playing independent movies where Return to Newcomb High, will, uh, Volume 1, is playing currently. And uh, it allows us to also uh, sell our movies online and to uh, compete uh, because the major uh, conglomerates do not want to get up in the morning and have to compete. So the best way not to have to compete is get rid of the laws that encourage competition and uh, let's do what the airlines are doing. Uh, squash people into seats for $850 round trip uh, New York to L.A. instead of $300, which is what they should be. Yeah, why, are they, why is there more money if I buy it yesterday than if I bought it two weeks ago? You know, the day before. Airplane. Well, the, it, there, the, there should it, be change. It, it's uh, if 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 an industry is a cartel, uh, the small number of uh, the leading uh, gatekeepers uh, get to control it. They do anything they want, and the FDA, which is supposed to regulate the industry, uh, the uh, the Federal Drug Administration, it doesn't mm -hmm. regulate the industry. It regulates the guy who innovates. It, it makes the barriers to entry so difficult that the person who creates the cure for cancer has to go and sell out to Johnson & Johnson uh, at a minimal price so that uh, Johnson & Johnson gets all the money. And uh, these guys with Snapdragon or whatever it's called, these 18-year-old right. geniuses, everybody's criticizing them because they didn't sell out. Good for them. They shouldn't have to sell out. They should be able to stay independent and make as much bloody money as they as they can possibly make and have nothing to do with the getting absorbed by some nasty giant uh, devil worshiping international technology conglomerate good for them but the media which is all owned the new york times is, is on the teat of uh, of these of the big media advertising and, uh, and chain store advertising uh, they, the the um, the most of the media is uh, is controlled and and they're making it sound like these kids who created uh, Snap uh, Dragon are are, are stupid and uh, they're not stupid. Good for them. They should be praised. Somebody ought to be writing a, an op-ed piece and uh, how 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 great they are. They innovated and they're sticking to their guns and 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 against all odds. Against all odds because we're living in a in an age of of. Uh, mega conglomerates of elitism of uh, conspiracy between the labor elite 
you know, the labor leaders who are making uh, millions of dollars while their constituency are eating dog food, the bureaucratic elite, the uh, members of uh, Senate and Congress who uh, uh, are using uh, revolving doors to uh, go into uh, big corporations. That's the third piece of the conspiracy, the, uh, the giant corporations, the bureaucratic elite, the corporate elite, and the labor elite conspire to suck dry the little people of Tromaville and uh, of their uh, economic and spiritual uh, juices. And uh, that is the biggest problem with our society is we've got a conspiracy of elites that run the uh, run the system has anyone tried to buy uh, trauma have you been approached over the years uh, every so often we have been we've never had a decent offer uh, we've had uh, recently uh, People have made deals to remake uh, Mother's Day. My brother Charles's movie has been remade by Brett Ratner's company. Uh, Akiva Goldsman's group are, are remaking uh, The Toxic Avenger. Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead, somebody called up recently uh, who said they had a, a client who wants to uh, remake Poultry Guy's and do it the right way, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm the one who made Poultry Guy's. Why are you telling me that? Is that going to make the price lower to tell me I did it the wrong way? I mean, it makes no sense. Yeah, why are they insulting you? you I know. It's, it's an insult, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not. I, don't know. I thought I did it the right way. <laughs> Is it true that Arnold Schwarzenegger will be in Toxic Avenger, or you don't know? He signed. Well, uh, according to the producers of the remake, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they announced it on the front page of Variety and The Hollywood Reporter on day one of the Cannes Film Festival, they announced that Schwarzenegger had signed to play a major part in the uh, remake, of, uh, which is a $100 million, a big deal. It's a big-time remake. But then, apparently, he unsigned him. He had his fingers oh, really? crossed. Apparently, he had his fingers <laughs> crossed. In the, so, you know, it gives you a sense of uh, the meaning of a signed contract in this uh, film, film industry. I don't think contracts mean too much. How do you feel about it, something that you made years ago becoming so mainstream? Toxic Avenger, like you said, is everywhere. Toxic Avenger is a damn good movie. It, again, in a fair world, it's uh, so much better than uh, so many other movies, and so many other directors and uh, uh, producers have imitated the uh, kind of Cuisinart of genres that uh, Troma has been making for 40 years, where we mix the horror, satire, police, Shakespeare, erotic. We mix everything uh, together in, uh, in a big blend, blender and out comes a uh, class of Newcomb High or the Toxic Avenger or blah, blah, blah. I mean, Return to Newcomb High is a remake, except right. we remade it ourselves. And yeah, it's more of, a re more of a revisiting and thank you to stars. The people at stars were nice enough to let us have total freedom. But we had to put up the money to make the movie and then they gave us about half the budget back when, as a pickup deal. So, we, we, we so it'll show in stars. I don't know where. I have no idea. But they, they control the distribution of the English-speaking world, and we have the rights to uh, the rest of the world. And is the rest of the world a bigger market for you? Uh, no. I think uh -huh. the North America is still our biggest market. Uh -huh. And where do you think the state of independent film you is You have a now? very nice, uh, mellifluous voice, by the way. Do you do, do a lot of radio? Or, uh, no, I just do this. Oh, it's very, very nice voice. You should do some trauma trailers. Yeah, I'd love to. Maybe uh, Return to Newcomb High, uh, Volume 2, which we're currently editing. Uh, I won't do one. I'll do two. But well, one, one is, is... I won't do it. Yeah, yeah. Good, you I refuse. You mustn't. Two is so much better. And one is... Oh, good. Uh, we've, we're finished with that. Oh, well, that's another it's reason. It's going to play in the... The Museum of Modern Art has selected uh, Volume 1 of Return to Newcomb High to be in uh, a series called The Contenders, and um, the other directors in it are David Lynch, Woody Allen, uh, the Coen brothers, Sofia Coppola, 
the 12 years of slavery. Uh, what is his name? Uh, the, yeah, Steve uh, McQueen. Steve uh, McQueen. Uh, it's a pretty interesting, and Lloyd Kaufman. So, that's great. Uh, that's something new. So maybe, maybe finally after 40 years, uh, maybe we're getting a little bit of mainstream acceptance. Not that you know. The only reason I wanted it is so we can pay the rent. I sound like <laughs> a, you know. I sound like I want to go and um, go to parties with uh, Leonard uh, DiCaprio. Well, how does that make you feel being in something like this with the other directors? You feel. Oh, delighted. Or, it's yeah. the nicest thing that ever happened. Uh, and it's finally my wife can talk to her friends about something <laughs> that I've done. You know, just, what does she tell people you my do? My career is an dentist? embarrassment to her. You know, they can't look at our movies. They can't. The Toxic Avenger was made into a musical that ran for a year here. And my wife must have seen it 50 times because <laughs> she would bring her friends. To, there was finally something that her friends could look at and not uh, be uh, totally shocked and uh, run out of the theater screaming. Uh, uh, the uh, Toxic Avenger musical has, uh, and now Poultry Geist, which is sort of a musical, uh, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead, is being made into a stage play uh, in Australia. And uh -huh. they're planning to create a live uh, stage version of that. Do you get involved in those things, or do you just let people do what they want? I don't think it's, you know, they, they want to mainstream these things. I don't think that's my uh, farte. <laughs> so you're okay without putting your farte? Uh, well, again, if some of these deals uh, have a big check attached. So oh, okay. the check usually requires me to stay as far away as possible. They don't want me going anywhere near. On the Broadway show, uh, they uh, invited me, the producers invited me to a table reading and I took all sorts of notes, and the Toxie should do this, and Sarah should. And uh, I turned in my notes, and they, they were very polite, but they had no interest. In right, I, you that out. taught me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that taught me that. Do you uh, care about that? Because I've heard other people no, say No, I, I, I've learned over my. I've really been making movies for 50 years. Ever mm -hmm. since I got out of Yale, I, uh, I was making movies during Yale, feature length movies since the 60, 1968. So it's really been about 50 years. And and the thing I I've come away with is you either have total freedom, and then you do anything you want, and that because that's what they call art, or you are a hired gun and you do you take the check and you do what they tell you to do, and um, and I think in the case of a remake of uh, Toxic Avenger, we have an excellent director Stephen Pink. He's a big trauma fan. He's very talented. Hot Tub Time Machine was a movie I thought was great. Uh, Grossy Pointy Blanky, which he did, a wonderful film. Uh, High Fidelity, uh, uh, Jack Black and he, or Buddy, you know, he, he, there's a group of them that are very talented. They love trauma. I, I think they can make a good remake of The Toxic Avenger, and I'm quite confident they will. And uh, hopefully they'll cut Uncle Lloyd a big check. <laughs> Have you ever been approached where you didn't want to do the money or you regretted selling something? One of your products? Mm -hmm. Well, I get approached to direct movies, but I've never gotten a decent script. Or I've never gotten a decent fee. You know, usually I get these crappy uh, kind of... You know, the people who approach me are not... They haven't looked at our movies. They don't get it that, that uh, you know, the Terra Firmer is, is something pretty damn special. Tromeo and Juliet, the guy who wrote that, is now directing Guardian of the Galaxy, James, James Gunn. This is not schlocko uh, three women in bikinis running through the woods with ketchup being thrown on them. Well, the movies Troma make are, are serious art, whether people... Uh, get it or not and eventually they do get it. it may take 20 years they do get it uh, the new york times always vincent canby was the new york times chief critic uh, and he picked the toxic avenger to review as his lead review if i remember i could be wrong but uh, as i remember it there were big movies opening that friday and he he picked the toxic avenger to do his review 
you know, that is the way trauma movies should be looked at. But again, because we are um, not uh, advertising a huge amount and we're not, uh, uh, you know, beating our wives or down in the discotheques uh, with a lot of bling, uh, you know, we're, um, we're ignored. What have you done, some tricks to get out, get publicity, free publicity? We don't have any tricks to get free publicity. Our fans take care of us. I think the biggest weapon we have is our movies have good word of mouth uh -huh. so that over time uh, they will eventually make profit. And our movies have a wonderful fan base. And the fans go out there and sell for us. They, the fans help. At this point, we had about 80 people from around the world that came from Germany, Iceland, France, Japan, Australia... California, Canada, they all came to Niagara Falls, New York to uh, help us make uh, Return to Newcomb High uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2. And uh, most of them got some remuneration, but they paid their own way to come. to. They slept on the floor of a oh. funeral home. We rented a funeral home that was vacant that served as both an office, kind of a studio, as well as a place to sleep. And, you know, they basically were sleeping on the floor uh, and... Uh, learning how to defecate in a paper bag and uh, stuff like that. This this movie company, Troma, probably when you see Return to Newcomb High 1 and 2, you couldn't make that movie for 800. You couldn't make those two movies for $800,000. You couldn't do it unless you had this incredible uh, weapon of the fans who were doing so much of the work. And that includes uh, uh, crew, cast, after effects, and then the fans get out the vote. They, they're the way open in Chicago. The fans go and get the, they fill the theater. You know, we only get a week at maximum. When the movie opens in New York, it'll be booked in for a week, and unless there's a major miracle, it will be kicked right out. Poultry Geist was the number one screen. We had one screen in New York. When it opened, we were the number one screen in the country. And we still got kicked out after two weeks because uh, the uh, uh, Indiana Jones skullfucker uh, oh, took all the screens. They had to have yeah. every damn screen. And uh, and another little gem was that the wonderful Tribeca Film Festival, that's mm. this wonderful uh, ode to independent cinema, they controlled the movie theater that we were booked into after the festival ended. And they refused to let the theater put up Poultry Guy's poster They've got 12, they've got all the real estate, and there's so many empty walls in that theater, so many empty cases. They would not let the theater put up the Poultry Guys poster. So what I did was I had somebody go in the Colonel Cluck costume, which is a giant chicken. The Poultry Guys is an anti-fast food movie and takes place in and around an American chicken bunker fast food establishment. I had somebody get in the Colonel Cluck costume and walk around in front of the uh, the Tribeca Film Festival with the Poultry Geist uh, posters and leaflets and whatever. And um, Richard Johnson of the New York Post said it was I in that costume that, that explained why I was doing it. So I thought that was kind of, that was, that was kind of a cool, uh, you know, it was New York Post and uh, in my own hometown and, uh, and uh, it helped us. You know, we did have, as I say, when the movie opened, we had very little advertising and it was the, the top screen uh, in the country. We worked on this independent film that was so low budget, we were taking leftovers from Tromeo and Juliet. You guys got all this weird uh, soda from some, like, trade-out. Inca-Cola, was it? it yeah. Inca-Cola. Inca-Cola's still around. I love Inca-Cola, but I like the diet, the diet Inca-Cola. Uh -huh. And and uh, because we had the Inca-Cola in our movie, Tromeo and Juliet, 
uh, I, my family, uh, my children and I actually went to Peru, land of the Incas, wow. to search out the Inca Cola. And, you know, I mean, Machu Picchu was pretty interesting. But we did find the, the mother load of Inca Cola, and we, were, we had a great time with the land of Inca Cola. Right, that's what they call it, the land of Inca Cola. But for... Uh, Amazing substance. For low-budget tricks, like what other things you do to save money or... To to get a film that made for eight two films made for eight hundred thousand, it just has to be planned. We have a again. I've written six books about all this. Make your own damn movie. Produce your own damn movie. Direct your own damn movie. Sell your own damn movie, and others. Also, go to our um, YouTube. We've got three YouTube channels. One of them is called the Make Your Own Damn Movie Channel. YouTube channel and uh, oh, is that the bad thing? Those the bell. I mean, can we keep going or should? Yeah, keep going. Oh, okay. We ha can you cut out some of this stuff or could you? Uh, cutting out most of it. It's oh, be oh like good. Two minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that would be the smartest move you could do. You're gonna be losing viewers and listeners. Like driving off the cliff. Yeah, they live as listeners. Gonna be <laughs> falling asleep here. Just wanted to jump in real quick, take a break. Go to prowlersense.com. You can find older episodes. Sign up for a mailing list. And go back and listen to older episodes. There's always something you'll like. Just look at the who we've interviewed. Shadow Stevens is a great interview. That's my cat right there. Yeah, do it again. Nope. That's definitely a cat. Won't do anything you ask. At Proudly Resents. ProudlyResents.com. Proudpod at gmail.com. It's the world's worst email and the way to reach me if you have movies you want to talk about in the future. Upcoming episodes. An American Carol, oof, that's a bad one. Scissors and Ninja Cheerleaders are three films we're going to be reviewing. Go to iTunes, tell them you like us. There's a big shark coming, i got to get going. We have three YouTube channels. One YouTube channel has 250 free trauma movies, wow. wonderful movies, totally free. We have another channel which is called the Make Your Own Damn Movie channel. That's got a lot of my lessons. For example, let's say you want to crush a head like Toxic Avenger or the yeah. famous full head crushing scene. You take a cantaloupe, you uh, carve out the inside, then you load what we call loading the cantaloupe. You put in, uh, uh, we used to put in uh, hamburger uh, mixed with cranberry sauce, but now because I'm a vegetarian, uh, it's only cranberry and spaghetti and things that are not animal. And uh, then you put a wig on the on the cantaloupe and paint a little happy face. Bingo! You go, that's how we crushed the head in uh, the Toxic Avenger. That's how Is we it? did. So there there are many uh, wonderful secrets, but you mustn't. Uh, whatever you do, do not tell George Lucas about uh, this. Why hasn't he done that? I don't tell him. It's a oh, secret. Why yeah, the, know? the trauma secrets. Uh, the high tech uh, uh, fans enjoy the fact that. Uh, uh, we have a certain car flip in uh, our movies, which people which think uh, they look very similar, the car flips, uh, in about eight of the uh, last 15 <laughs> years of trauma. Ever since, I guess, no, for 20 years, uh, there is a car flip in every movie, and people think it's all the same car flip. But we, what we do is we have the car flip and crash and blow up the exact same way, and we, do, we just keep creating this amazing stunt. It's uh, slightly different each time, but people think it's the same car. How do you flip. get an 80s Corolla to look like that the same way? I mean, it must be hard to find that same car for that. As thing. 80s, it was a 70s oh, because we had to find a junk car. In 1980s, uh -huh. the 70 cars were the junk cars that nobody cared about. Now, to try to get a 70s car to match this car flip, it, you, nobody wants to give it to you because those cars are all collectible. So right. uh, the continuity gets worse and worse and worse. And at some point, I'm going to have a motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> 
Spielberg. If you cut to that uh, car flip, uh, for the, you know, we have a guy on a motorcycle who cut yeah. to three people in a car <laughs> flip, up in the air flipping or something. Uh, we're kind of bricked in, uh, in that the fans are sort of behind the fourth wall with us. They kind of help us, uh, their imagination, and th there's sort of a joy in the fact that we have no money. And the fans, I think, kind of enjoy the clever use. What we've done After Effects in Volume 2 of Return to Newcomb High. Wait till you see the After Effects. They're totally original. They're wonderful. But they, they, they don't even pretend to compete with... Uh, Avatar, right? You know, they're just, but they're totally, they're so entertaining and interesting and original. They're brilliant. In all honesty, they are brilliant. But they take, they make use of the fact, and they kind of broadcast to the audience. Yeah, we have no money. Go fuck yourself. We don't have any money. So have fun with it. You know, get over it. We have no money. You're not going to see Avatar. You're going to see Return to Newcomb High Volume Two. And that's what they want to see. Well, at least our fans, they enjoy that. They, they enjoy kind of, in, they enjoy traveling through with us as almost part of, the, sort of part of the filmmaking experience. They kind of make the movie in their heads while they're watching it a little bit because they can see the rough edges. They might be able to see that the head is, a, they'll be looking, is that head a watermelon or is it a cantaloupe like Lloyd <laughs> says because Lloyd fired some kid for bringing a watermelon. What's uh, the difference? Why was it so bad? The watermelon doesn't break the same way. The, the, the the cantaloupe has a more flesh feel to it. The okay. watermelon cracks. And, and uh, when we did uh, Trey Parker's head crushing in uh, Tales from the Crapper, but uh, in Tales from the Crapper, the kid brought the wrong, I told him, get cantaloupe, get cantaloupe. At the worst, get a Cranshaw melon. But he brought back watermelons. He was you know, penalized. Well, he wasn't fired, but he was... I think, was he working for I free? I think he cried. Uh, uh, well, you, I don't think people really work for free. They get a little something. Uh, uh -huh. They get something. Uh, they just they could make multiples. A lot. In 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 many cases, they might get. You know, I think the lead actors probably get more than they get waiting on tables. Uh -huh. But uh, not by much. Not by much. And and a lot of the crew would get about ten percent of what they get on a commercial or you know maybe a camera operator moves up to be a DP, a director of photography on uh, on uh, a trauma movie, and he gets to be a director of photography, and he's got that on his resume. He'll do that for maybe ten percent of what he gets as a as a oop, as a uh, camera person, you know, and uh, he gets to be. A DP and uh, double penetration is really important in the <laughs> is movie that the business. Secret? It's very important, yeah. as you know. Just well, ask Harvey Weinstein, whatever his name is. <laughs> what do you think with the Harvey Weinstein? Are they pushing out other? No, he's great. He's yeah. great. I take. I, he's. I, I make fun of him, but he's a. He's a real. I think again. I I've met him a few times, and I know he, he's kind of a fan of trauma. But he um, he loves uh, movies. There's no question. He's, he's he's got a passion for film, and um, I don't think any of these guys. Who are running studios? I don't think any of them love movies. I think he's about the only one. What, what do you think is going to go with independent film? Where's the future and of it? Uh, well, my major at Yale was Chinese studies, and uh, the big takeaway for me was Taoism, the, uh, the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu, Yin and Yang. That uh, pain and pleasure are all wrapped together, beauty and ugliness. The oyster gets a piece of sand stuck in its asshole, and, and out of that sand it creates this beautiful pearl. Uh, uh, the, the good news is that uh, the making of cinema has been democratized. I mean, this is obvious. Uh, anyone can make a movie. You don't even need money, really, to make a movie. Uh, we've uh, we've uh, worked here. We have two employees, uh, Travis uh, Campbell, um, and Mar jo Justin Martell made Mr. Bricks, a heavy metal murder musical, that the whole movie is less than 5000 bucks, wow. And uh, um, 
and and we got them. Lemmy's uh, Lemmy loves Troma from Motorhead. Lemmy from Motorhead, and he gave them a song. And, and you look at the movie; it's it's like a film noir. It's beautiful, and it's a musical, and it's 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 been successful, and uh, for no money. So it isn't you. Everyone can make a movie now. It's, it, it, it's like the cars in the fifties before the, uh, the cars. Before Henry Ford, you had to be really, really rich to have a car, and by 1950, basically anyone you know, reasonably competent could have a car. Uh, that's the way with the, the cinema now. The problem is, the yang part of it, is that how do you support yourself with your art because the industry, through uh, nefarious means, has become a, a cartel. There is no competition. It's a club of a, a few giant uh, devil-worshipping international media conglomerates which control the, the, the world of art all over the world, especially uh, filmed entertainment. And uh, it is impossible unless you are a vassal of that uh, elite uh, group. You are basically um, got your face pressed up against the glass watching the banquet. <laughs> they want to own everything. And um, and uh, you know NBC can now own all those crappy reality shows, they and they the save a lot of money that way. They and, and the public apparently will watch. Yeah, do you think people will watch anything? Is that no? The public is a lot more intelligent than uh, the uh, big uh, the, the gatekeepers think. No, the public's pretty cool. They 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 know um, you know they find us. They just. The problem is that they prefer something more than uh, what they're getting. It's, you know, it's, what do you uh, mean? Well, they're getting baby food. You make a movie for $200 million, uh, it's baby food. And uh, you can live on baby food, you know, 10 bucks a ticket or $9, $8 in the hinterlands. Uh, uh, yeah, you go out and it's 16 bucks and some junk food that they shove down your gullet. Uh, you know, the evening's not uh, that uh, expensive, and you go and watch the long range, whatever, whatever you're going to watch. You know. Right. Some Whereas uh, the, 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 you can live on baby food, but it's very boring. But if you make a movie for half a million dollars, you can take risks. You can make uh, the first uh, Terror Firmer or the first Tromeo and Juliet, a movie in, in, in iambic pentameter, Tromeo and Juliet, uh, a take on Shakespeare that... Uh, Probably Shakespeare would have loved, but it is not the conventional Shakespeare. Um, you can take a big risk like that because the budget is very low. And you'll find that there is a huge uh, demographic who doesn't want baby food. They want uh, jalapeno peppers on their cultural pizza. And uh, there are a lot of those people out there. If you can get to them, if you can uh, uh, find your way to that public, and Troma over the 40 years has developed kind of a brand name appeal. Uh, Return to Newcomb High uh, is opening here in uh, uh, January after the Museum of Modern Art. And uh, the theater will be full opening night. Uh, the last two or three movies we've opened in New York, the theater was full. Uh, the, and it's not advertising, because we have absolutely no money for advertising. Uh -huh. Uh, but the uh, fans will get the word out thanks to the Internet, which means that uh, any of us who want to have a free access to innovation and uh, news and the truth, we're going to have to, as well as some hot uh, porno, um, uh, free, uh, we're going to have to maintain uh, uh, the open Internet, net neutrality. We have to keep the Internet free and open and democratic. The Internet is the last democratic medium. It is the level playing field of which every other medium is not. The Internet uh, is just as... Uh, as, as uh, welcoming to trauma entertainment or to you 
Adam or to Disney. We're all equal on the Internet. If we have something that is of interest to the public, they will find you. And you have, no, you have every uh, uh, opportunity that uh, Mr. Uh, Murdoch has. Did YouTube make a huge difference for you guys? Was I think it? the Internet generally permits us to talk to our fans, to, permits our fans to talk to us, uh, permits us to entertain our fans, to reward our fans. To uh, 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 The Internet is, uh, is spectacular. And the big conglomerates, they want to uh, take over the Internet. They want to get rid of net neutrality. They're down in Washington uh, trying to destroy the open Internet and trying to create a superhighway for themselves, for the rich and powerful, that becomes their own uh, plaything or their own means of revenue. And um, they also are, are heavily trying to colonize the Internet. A vast virus database has been updated. That, see? See what they do? The Rupert Murdoch. He's, he's, he's every, yeah. every possible way to he's sabotage. To They're all trying to destroy me. Unbelievable. At any rate, um, the, the forces, the giant uh, cartel, are currently trying to colonize the Internet. And uh, colonialization uh, does not work. Uh, just ask the French. Are you going to do any more Toxic Avengers? Are you going to make yes? Uh, once we get through editing Return to Nukem High Volume Two, and I do the voiceover, keep going. We will. Um, um, we're we're we've been writing for the last four or five years. We've been writing Toxic Avenger Part Five. We have carved out in our contract for the remake. We have the right to make our own Toxie because Toxie's story continues in each movie. Toxie gets older, mm-hmm. whereas in the remake he'll be it'll be kind of a revisiting. In Toxie 5, he's older than he was in Toxie 4, uh, and uh, he has two uh, adolescent twins who are going to be achieving puberty. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we have not yet succeeded in writing a script that doesn't suck. So <laughs> once we get a script that doesn't suck, we will go into... Uh, pre-production on Toxic Avenger Part 5 and see if we can continue an unbroken streak of losing money. I was going to say besides making money, but I guess that's not the answer. We don't make any money. Why do you want to keep the story alive, Toxic? Oh, the Toxic Avenger, it's for our fans. We love our fans, and they love Toxie, and uh, Toxie's uh, a star, you know, in the same way that people keep putting Tom Hanks in movies and uh, the beef jerky guy uh, runs the film festival. the oh, guy in the boat, uh, yeah. Butch Cassidy. They keep putting him in movies. Uh-huh. Uh, Toxie, the people want him in the movies. He's a star. The Toxic Avenger is probably a better-known star than 90% of the Twinkies who were introduced in 1984 to the general public uh-huh. who had millions of dollars spent on mainstream movies in 1984. Toxie is better known, I would suggest, than 90% of them. So he's, he's a star, and he's got agents, and all. unfortunately, he's been asking for all sorts of honey, honey wagons, and he's getting, getting to be like Will Smith. Why do you call Robert Redford the uh, beef jerky guy? was what he looks like. I'm sorry. I couldn't remember his name. I took a lot of acid in the 60s. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to figure out the connection. I can't. I couldn't remember the name. Forgive me. No, no, no. It wasn't. So, very good uh, questions. Okay. Thank you. No, thank you. This is I great. wish I were more. Uh, I wish I were Justin Bieber. and People uh-huh. would be interested in what I have to say. I wish I were as profound as uh, Miley Cyrus. Well, you are smoking a joint. I wish I were as profound as Arsenio Hall and uh, and uh, and Queen Latifah and The View. Oh, and Rhoda. What's her name? Rhoda. Rhoda. Valerie Harper. No, not Rhoda. Uh, the one on uh, Kathy Lee Griffith and Hoda. 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 Oh my God. Well, you know uh, what? They're terrible. Oh God.
What keeps you going, doing more films and sending more stuff? Michael Hers, who uh, never appears in public. He and I love movies. We love movies, and uh, we uh, that's purely what fuels Troma Entertainment. And the uh, dozen or so employees here love cinema. That's their life. Uh, I mean, not their entire life. Doritos also is part of their life. Um, and But they love movies and pop culture, and that is really what we're all about. And in large part, uh, that's why we have continued to thrive. Uh, we're uh, at the comic book conventions. We go to about 30, I think we, we have booths at uh, 25 or 30 pop culture conventions around the country, and uh-huh. we're soaking in uh, what our fans and other fans uh, are interested in, and we go to the Cannes Film Festival and the American Film Market, and we're in the trenches, and we, we love cinema. We, wanted, we, we both love cinema, and we love the world of cinema. We love what's going on in Korea and cinema and Spain and cinema. I mean, there's wonderful... Movies uh, that uh, you know you're not going to get to see in the AMC uh, theaters, but you do get to see them. Uh, and about there are about 300 independent theaters around the country that will play Troma movies or Takashi Miike movies or uh, kinds of movies that we really uh, love. Out of all your films, is there a favorite? Can you say you have a favorite? I think my personal favorite uh, of the Troma movies is Return to Newcomb High, Volumes 1 and 2. It's my North by Northwest or Sistine Chapel. or uh, No, it's it's really, it's an event film. You know, Tarantino, a long time ago, he was a Troma fan. Uh, I think he still is. But he uh, at Sitges Film Festival in Spain, he suggested that we should make some he saw that too many small movies that how do you distinguish yourself and he suggested an event film even with no budget making an event film uh-huh. which that stuck with me uh, and of course he did with the kill bill i mean he made right. so um inspired by that we decided to make volume 1 and volume 2 and i think when the two are are shown consecutively i think that's going to be a really terrific experience in, on every level, artistically, emotionally, entertainment. Uh, you know, you'll be totally entertained. You'll love the protagonists. Uh, it's a, a touching and yet uh, disgusting at the same time. I mean, it's a, I think the return to Newcomb High, really, the, the uh, volumes one and two will pull, pull you. You will think you are some kind of a rubber band uh, that a child is playing with uh, or making into a bracelet when you see the two volumes put together. In the other films, my last question, is there any scenes or anything that you look back now or you think, oh, I would have changed this, I would have done this differently? No, oh, all the time, yeah. But on the other hand, I recently uh, watched uh, The Toxic Avenger was uh, in a trauma retrospective. Uh, I can't re- even remember where I saw it, but it was in some faraway land. And I was sitting in the theater and I said to myself, you know, I had not seen it in years. You know, I had not seen it in a theater. Uh, you know, I'd obviously seen pieces of it here mm-hmm. and there, but I'd never seen it beginning to end in a movie theater with an audience uh, in years. And I said, gee, we got it right. We actually got it right. It's a good, it's a really good movie. I am very sorry. And yes, it's low budget and uh, it's rough around the edges. But boy, uh, you know, you, you look at that movie. You look at Terra Firmer in 1999, that movie was made. Terra Firmer, you come out of that movie and you say, oh, I can't believe... I mean, this is a movie I wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, others, obviously, I shouldn't say that. I, I never say, I never ever say a film by Lloyd Kaufman, what even though I'm a dictator and all that. I don't use that. It's too arrogant. I've never said that. 
But um, it, the Terra Firma is my most personal film. And I look at that movie, I say, well, I can't believe that Terra Firma got made. That's such a crazy, I mean, that movie is insane. And I think it's really, really good. I think it's only now, I noticed that we are selling a lot of Terra Firma DVDs on our website. Suddenly, uh -huh. it, the last year, we can't keep it in, we can keep it in stock, but it, <laughs> it runs out. It runs out uh, why stock. Is, why do you think that I happened? think the, the word of mouth is, uh, uh, you know, viral. It, you know, two people see it, they tell mm -hmm. four people, they tell eight, whatever. It's something like that, except it's taken, uh, the movie was made in 1999, and maybe it was a little too far uh, ahead of the game. And, uh, you know, our slogan from the beginning has been movies of the future. Uh, uh -huh. And I think Terra Firma was a movie way in the future. Yeah, at least 10 years. And I think it's finally, you know, I, I find so many, you know, I was signing uh, in Rome. Uh, I did a master class in Rome uh, just last week. Uh, and um, a number of people in line. Uh, Terra Firma has had no distribution in Europe that I know of. Or if it has, it's very minimal. And I, I got—I think half the people in line were, were who were signing. Uh, they mentioned Terra Firma, Terra oh. Firma, Terra Firma, Terra Firma. It was really interesting. Because it's about filmmaking, or what do you think? Yeah, it's about. Yeah, it's sort of based a little bit on uh, all I need to know about filmmaking. I learned from the Toxic Avenger, which is a memoir that. Uh, I wrote, uh, but actually James Gunn wrote the book that I wrote. The Terra Firma kind of came out of writing uh, my memoir, as I don't know if that's what you call it, but it's a very the book is very personal, it's sort of about my filmmaking experience. Besides the class of Newcomb High and Toxic Avenger, what other trauma films should somebody see? Well, Tromeo and Juliet. Again, James Gunn has become a major force in the industry. He made Super, um, which is a terrific uh, movie, much better than. Uh, I mean, people sort of, for some, because they came out at the same time, uh, they compare it to Kick-Ass. But Kick-Ass is as, as interesting as Kick-Ass, as fun as it is. Uh, Super is just miles above it in terms of originality. and, and uh, It's just a better movie. Uh, there's no question. James Gunn uh, did, of course, Slither for Universal, which was very good. Although he cut me out of that one, so now I hate it. You were um, in it? I'm in all his movies, sure. Uh -huh. I'm his hump. I'm the hump of his hunchback. You know, when you rub the hump of a hunchback, you have good luck. Yeah. I am James Gunn's uh, hunchback, and uh, he brought me to the UK, and I'm in Guardians of the Galaxy for about uh, a millimeter of a second. Uh -huh. but, uh, if if all goes well, you won't be able to miss me. Oh, that's great. And the editor of that movie that worked for Troma too. Last night we went to the opening night of the New York City Horror Film Festival which showed uh, Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1, and uh, gave me a beautiful uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. The people there were so happy and so enchanted by the fact that James Gunn uh, was so successful and talented and such a good guy and remembers trauma and, and um, uh, you know, it was rather sweet. It was kind of touching. Uh, that uh, they they were touched by James's uh, loyalty to trauma. You know, now, a lot of you know, so many people that are at these comic con. You know, so many people in the industry worked here at Trauma over uh -huh. the forty years. It's astounding, especially in New York. I mean, it's hard to run. Uh, it's hard to go to an office uh, here in the industry in the East that where somebody hasn't worked for Trauma. It's very very interesting. What is the secret of their success from coming out of here? What do you teach them that? Well, I think the the key you teach them here is that you, you you've got to get up in the morning and do something. You've got to be think. You've got to think. Mm. 
-hmm. You know, James Gunn uh, is an example. He, he came in here as my assistant, and uh, shortly thereafter I said, here, I've been working on this for five years, uh, write a script. He was a novelist. He, he wasn't uh, really thinking about writing movies. And uh, we had been working on Tromeo and Juliet for five years and getting uh, not too far and I uh, said, you do this, uh, and uh, he did it, and he did it, <laughs> genius, it was a wonderful film, it's great, he, he made it happen, and, you know, we kind of worked on it together, but he, he, uh, he deserves the, uh, he, he's, he's, he's so talented, um, you know, uh, Eli Roth uh, is in some of our movies, and uh, he's great, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, and I think what they get from Troma is that we're doing what we believe in. We stay on our own. Uh, we we require people who work here to... Well, Trey and Matt didn't work here, but they, they, they love trauma. The fact that we have these very young people who might make huge mistakes, but they also are the reason that trauma is ahead of the game, that we... We do things uh, before uh, the major studios do it uh, and before perhaps even the uh, one or two giant uh, the Weinsteins or Lionsgate or whatever. We, you know, we don't get credit for it maybe, uh, but um, it does keep the company, you know, the innovating uh, doesn't, you know, it does not hurt us. Right, and right. the young people here uh, uh, know that they're required to think and, get, and innovate and make decisions and also uh, have a tremendous discipline. It's a very serious... Uh, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take the movie-making at Troma very, very seriously. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank yeah, you for being interested. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, and, I love uh, your films. So please uh, thank, uh, you know, if, if anyone, I thank the Troma fans and fans of uh, independent art for uh, keeping Troma around all these years, and I uh, really appreciate it. And thank you, Dan Bover, for... Uh, being my prison cellmate. You were my bitch. How long was it your bitch? Well, we weren't in very long, but I sure... I, got, I spent a lot of my cigarette money on him, I'll tell you that. Was, uh, yeah, he yeah. called me Chino, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was Nancy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Give him my love. He's the best. He's oh. a great guy. Yeah, how did you end up with Dan Bova? He, um... Gabe Friedman worked for us for about 10 years, and Gabe knew Dan somehow. I don't know if they went to school together, NYU maybe, uh -huh. or something. And then uh, the three of us wrote a script together, and then Gabe and Dan wrote another script, which I've been uh, from time to time working on. Uh, they wrote, uh, we wrote uh, Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead. Right. And then Dan uh, went on to... Um, Get too busy uh, with his various successes. Oh, but right. yeah, sorry, I really look like a nut here. I got this haircut in the subway, and it's growing out in a very weird eraser head fashion. Adam, that, we're we're out of time for this interview.